1: is running out. This message is paid for by Lines for Fair and Equitable Policy. The
2: views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management.
3: Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM.
2: All right, welcome to Radio Free Canada: News and Notes from the Underground. The Richard Sarratt Show has launched for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. Again, the uh, the time stamp is for the inquest. Just in case. It's important to have everything itemized, right, before you go into the inquest. Uh, Don't you find, I find this is really interesting. You see this on social media all the time and now increasingly in the uh, Marxist mainstream media, calling the unvaccinated selfish disease-carrying murderers, I find that's a wonderful PR move. It's a wonderful way to ease vaccine hesitancy. I know if I were unvaccinated, and I might be, I'm not saying because, well, that's none of your business, but if I were unvaccinated, calling me a filthy, disease-carrying, selfish murderer, that would convince me to take a jab. I'd say, wow, maybe they're right. Maybe I am a murderer. Maybe I am selfish. Maybe I am vermin. Maybe I should take a vaccination or that I should take the jab because these people are such they're such wonderful humanitarians. The other thing I'm finding interesting is if you go on social media, on Twitter, all the blue check doctors on Twitter. All these doctors, they've got the blue check beside their names. I don't know if they're actual ER physicians like they claim to be or whether they're bots But they're all using the exact same script in describing the rise of the Delta variant. I'm not saying they're basically delivering the same type of message. I am saying it is verbatim. Check this out. Here's actually, I found this on about 12 different uh, Twitter uh, feeds. Quote, I just left the ER. We are officially crushed by COVID. The Delta variant is running rampant, and it's much, all in caps, much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits did not, all in caps, receive a vaccine. Interesting. Exact same script from about a different, a dozen different supposed ER physicians on Twitter. What's going on there? What's going on? I think you can read between the lines. And uh, the other day with uh, Dr. Patrick Phillips, we talked about the uh, the emergency use of the PCR test has been revoked. In other words, recalled by the CDC as of sometime in December. Apparently, because it can't tell the difference between COVID and the flu. Hmm. So I guess now we know what happened to all the flu cases that totally disappeared. Right. There wasn't any flu. Now we know what happened. So once you take out all the false positives and all the actual flu cases, how many actual COVID cases are you left with? And of course, now gropey blackface says that just one half of 1% of all new COVID cases are among the unvaccinated. Oh, then it must be true because Gropy would never lie. Gropy would never, never, ever utter a falsehood. Uh, coming up this hour, I'm going to play some audio. It comes from an anti-lockdown rally back in uh, March here in Toronto. Our good friend uh, Brad Skistimas, a.k.a. Five Times August, who was on the program performing his new single, he actually posted this. He's down in Dallas, but he posted this. It's a 92-year-old Holocaust survivor, and she's talking about the lockdowns and masks and comparing what happens or what's happening right now with what she witnessed in Nazi Germany. It's kind of instructive, so I thought you might like to hear it. Uh, do you see where the uh, the NFL wants unvaccinated players to wear different colored bracelets to identify themselves? Hmm. That sounds kind of familiar, right? Maybe the owners in the NFL should listen to the 92-year-old Holocaust survivor talking about the yellow triangles Jews were forced to wear to identify themselves in public. You know, segregating people based on vaccinated and non-vaccinated and then forcing people to wear some special clothing item to identify themselves, that never ends well. Never ends well. And these creepy grifters that are pushing this abhorrent idea, they actually think they're the good guys. They do. Uh, Whatever happened to the Drudge Report? Remember Matt Drudge? always breaking stories, going after both the left and the right. He used to break a lot of great stories. He used to thumb his nose at the establishment. Now, Drudge is the establishment. It's just an echo chamber for the radical left political cultural media class. Well, the former editor of Drudge, Joseph Curl, will be here this hour. He just announced today he's launched a new conservative aggregator called Off the Press, and maybe... Joseph can explain who got to his former employer, Matt Drudge. Uh, it's Tuesday. That means homeschooling advice from Ruth Gavskowski. Actually, she's, uh, she's actually on holidays for the next several weeks. She and her family have escaped to Switzerland. Let's put it that way. That sounds like paradise right now, doesn't it? So we'll, uh, we'll dip into the audio archives and play a previously enjoyed segment with Ruth. Uh, if you're relatively new to the program, it'll be the first time hearing it. So that'll be great. A rebel news mission specialist, David the Menzoid Menzies, good friend of the program. Well, he's done it again. He went and got himself arrested for what is this? The I've lost count. Might be the fourth time. If he's not being arrested, he's being jostled around by the police. And this happened a few days ago, right here in Thornhill, where I'm uh, where I'm sitting, at the I think it was the promenade or it was it Center Point Mall. He was uh, attending a rally for the Conservative Party candidate Melissa Lantzman, who incidentally doesn't live in the riding. I think she grew up here, but she doesn't live here, if you didn't know. Anyway, he um, he asked her some apparently prickly questions. One was about her role as a lobbyist for Walmart and her efforts to convince Chairman Ford to keep Walmart, 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 <laughs> Walmart. She tried to convince or she she did, I guess, convinced uh, Ford to keep Walmart open while he was busy closing all the other retail outlets. So that's nice. Good job. And then he asked her about whether her sexual orientation, she's a lesbian uh, openly, um, uh, whether that might have had something to do with her being nominated in the riding. And she didn't like the question. And someone on her staff called the police and David was arrested. And then one of her staffers picked up his notepad and began reading it and apparently taking photographs of it, which is, I would think kind of a no, no. Anyway, David's boss, rebel news founder, Ezra Levant will be here to talk about David's arrest among other things. Lou, what do you have to say for your friend, David Menzies?
4: Well, you know, I'm happy that he's, you know, fulfilling his lifelong uh, dream of being a resident of the crowbar hotel. However, Uh, you know, it's a lifelong
2: dream, is it?
4: Well, he seems to be making his way down that path to permanent residency.
2: Yes, I've I've lost count. What is this three, four times?
4: I've lost count as well. But my question with regards to his uh, participation in a public event and then getting arrested, uh, like under what statute, the attending a public event statute? What is
2: it like? Well, exactly. What they- no, I. Well, we'll have to find out from Ezra what the actual charge was. I. I. Maybe you know. There's. There are these general sort of catch-all charges they'll use, like mischief, things like that, right? Which covers a lot of territory. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, who knows anymore in in Canada in 2021 what'll get you arrested? You sneeze on a plane, that gets you arrested. You ask a a member of the political class the wrong question. That'll get you arrested. You know, you uh, you make disparaging remarks against our dear leader. That'll get you thrown in the hoose cow.
4: Hey, there's that word again. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, one recommendation that I would make for David, you know, he's always wearing a hat. Yes. He should get a, uh, a thing that sticks out and goes into the hat band that says press, just like the old days. You know, you'd have a like a ticket in your hat band. Right, that says right.
2: Press. Do you think that'll make a difference?
4: Well, I, you know, you got to try anything to avoid uh, getting arrested for the time of day. Right. Oh, look at that. It's three o'clock. It's time to arrest David Menzies. Here you go. You know, Oh, he doesn't have his hat, his hat badge. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If he's not being arrested, he's being, uh, I don't know, slapped around and, and pushed and shoved. I don't know what it is with rebel uh, news reporters. Well, I think I obviously I know they they rub people the wrong way, which is actually I think their job. We had, uh, do you remember uh, Drea Humphrey was a a petite, a petite woman. She was at a rally or an event in British Columbia, tried to ask Trudeau a question regarding the uh, the arson attacks on the churches and asked him, you know, when are you going to, you know, proclaim these to be hate crimes? And one of his goons picked her up and pushed her aside. So um, and of course, it's just crickets from the mainstream media. She must have
4: experienced it differently.
2: Oh, that's right! It was a teachable moment for the rest of us.
4: So you know, the other thing that David might consider, and you know, I don't want to go too long because Jody's going to give me the axe. Look, she's on her calculator, going like this, trying (laughs) to figure out. She's
2: calculating it down to the second.
4: To the second, the microsecond. Um, Maybe he needs to get like a wallet with a badge that he can flash. You know, uh, most of the a lot of the uh, TV shows that I watch, like NCIS and so on, they're always (laughs) opening the wallet. There's a badge on one side and there's some kind of a ID card on the other side. He should get one of those with the hat thing. And maybe that would spare him the indignity. Wanted to touch on your pronunciation of Walmart. Were you trying to say Waldemort? Kind of a play right. on Voldemort. <laughs>
2: it was. It was a convergence of Harry Potter and Sam Walton, and I came up <laughs> with Voldemort. Voldemort.
4: Voldemort.
2: Yes. Exactly. Oh, the evil, exactly.
4: Yes. Oh, okay. Listen, I, I don't want to go over because there's no overtime.
2: Well, I would just yes, it's sudden death. That's right. I was just going to say, i was just going to say, you know, with regards to David, maybe he needs a hat badge or, you know, some sort of a badge inside his wallet. Um, that he could flash, although you can get arrested for flashing, too. Just one, one second, Jody. This is worth the wait. Wait. You would, <laughs> you, you would think that carrying a microphone with a news flash on it and you're accompanied by a cameraman with a camera and lights and everything might be an indicator to the constabulary that this is a member of the press. He
4: doesn't but, have his papers. Show me your papers. Got to go back in an hour. Right. Happy
2: capitalism. Happy capitalism. All right. We're going to do a little heroes and villains when we come back.
3: We're back as the Richard Serge Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
2: Heroes and villains. All right. It's been a while since we've done a little heroes and villains. Well, in our hero category, we're going to dial it back to March of this year at a uh, anti-lockdown ra- rally. And uh, one of the speakers was this sweetheart little old lady, 92 years old, a Holocaust survivor, drawing comparisons to what was happening or what is happening here in, well, in Canada, around the world, really, and uh, comparing that to what she endured during Nazi Germany. Let's have a listen.
5: I am, in fact, a survivor of the Holocaust. And the first thing I have to tell you that even then nobody told us it was done for our own good. We all knew what was happening. And when I think today, when I see people I think of the yellow star, which gave everybody liberty to aggress me, to to insult me, to call me a carrier of disease, to spit on me even. I would like to tell you that this is worse, it is more insidious, it concerns more people, There is a hypocrisy in the public narrative that is absolutely unbearable to say that you're doing this to protect the old. I would love to die in a state that gives me freedom. I have already outstayed my welcome by many years, and my life expectancy is probably not great, but I would gladly exchange this for the lives and livelihoods and happiness of generations that come after me to live their lives as I have been. Yes. Yeah, you Thank you. Well, to, to have mass? see people defile their children with masks is, is something totally unbearable to me. Me too. And I would like to say one word, short word about obedience. It's been said you're not allowed to obey. And if you obey someone who wants you to do evil, then you don't obey. You cooperate.
2: There you are, 92-year-old Holocaust survivor. And I, I found her um, a couple of comments. Well, all of it was poignant and powerful. But when she talked about the yellow triangles that the Jews were forced to wear in Germany so they could be identified, and she compared that to, to masks. Uh, and although this was back in March, uh, she, um, I'd, I'd be very interested to hear what she has to say, for example, about lining up people in airports although they've they've uh, abandoned this for now anyway lining people up at airports a vaccinated line and an unvaccinated line or the plan in the NFL the owners have devised that unvaccinated players must wear different colored bracelets to identify themselves thankfully the uh, NFL players association is pushing back we'll see where that goes so i found that rather Uh, poignant, that comparison, and apt as well. The other thing she said, she said, I'm 92. I would rather die living in freedom than to go on this way. And that's an important point to be made, that life is far more, it's about far more than simply avoiding death. That's an important lesson.
1: is running out this message is paid for by lines for fair and equitable policy
2: all right uh when we come back do you remember the drudge report well it's still around it's it's a mere a mere uh shadow i guess of its former self matt drudge used to be cutting edge was uh like a raccoon turning over garbage cans and and uh bringing uh discomfort to the comfortable, afflicting the comfortable uh, with his uh, news coverage. Anyway, he um, – what, what, what other way can I say it? He sold out. I don't know who got to him, what turned him around, but he's just basically an echo chamber for the rest of the uh, the mainstream media and the political class. Well, the former editor of the Drudge Report, Joseph Curl, will be here. Uh, he's just announced the launch of uh, Off the Press, a conservative-oriented aggregator with an eye to covering, well, everything –
3: Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Sarah Show.
2: All right. Welcome back. And we are anxiously awaiting the uh, arrival of Joseph Curl. Joseph is, uh, well, he's just launched a new conservative oriented uh, news aggregator called Off the Press. And um, he's the former editor of The Drudge Report. And uh, not sure what happened to Matt Drudge in the Drudge Report. Used to be cutting edge, and now it's an echo chamber. But um, Joseph will be here shortly. We hope, and he'll uh, tell us about this brand new venture. Uh, while we're waiting to do that, Jody, I didn't get a chance to uh, to do this story on um, on China in our heroes and villains section. And of course, the ninety two year old Holocaust survivor, certainly the hero. Um, you know, not only surviving, withstanding, enduring. Uh, the Holocaust, but also speaking out at this anti-lockdown protest back in March when she made the comparisons between what's happening now. This is a Holocaust survivor doing this, Uh, not me. This is a Holocaust survivor making comparisons with the lockdowns and the masks and what she went through in Nazi Germany. So she was our hero today. Uh, Our villain, which we didn't get around to last segment, but we'll do it here while we wait for uh, Joseph uh, Curl. Our, uh, our villain is an entire country. Well, the regime, actually, not the people, the, uh, the communist Chinese government, uh, communist China. Uh, so they have just threatened Japan. First of all, can we can we actually play the national anthem of the real China? We have a little bit of that, Jody. I yes. Yes. You have that. There we go. This is beautiful. Have a listen. This is the real China, folks. That's it. Yes. Let me just hear a little bit of that. Oh, it's so
5: lovely.
2: A little bit longer, Jody. Makes me happy. Lovely children's choir. There you go. That's the real China. But the, the other China, the fake China, uh, the communist China, uh, they aired a, a video recently. Basically they're threatening Japan with nuclear war. That's all, you know, the bully on the block, the communist Chinese. Oh, we have uh, Joseph Curl, do we? All right, well, we'll get around to this story. But the, 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 the long and the short of it is the bully communist China has threatened beautiful Taiwan with, sorry, with Japan, with nuclear war uh, for intervening in their dispute with Taiwan and uh, communist china they they say oh, well wow, we're so noble and virtuous we have a uh, you know a we'll never strike first against a uh, another nation using nec- nuclear weapons we'll never do that except we'll make an exception in the case of japan because we don't like those people Anyway, so uh, communist China is our uh, our villain today. All right, let's uh, move on to other matters. Joseph Curl has uh, covered politics for 30-plus years, working as the White House correspondent for the Washington Times. That's the good paper in Washington. Forget the other one. Anyway, from uh, 1998 to 2010. Uh, and then as a columnist, he also ran the Drudge Report for four years as the AM editor. He's written for Fox News, The Observer other publications, as well as appearing dozens of times on various news shows, and he has just launched a new conservative-oriented aggregator called Off the Press. Joseph Curl, welcome to the program. How are you, sir?
6: Very good. Thanks for having me, and you noted that the um, Washington Times is a good paper in in Washington. I worked at the Drudge Report when the Drudge Report was really good, back back in the day, before it suddenly started backing Joe Biden, so...
2: What the heck happened to Matt Drudge in the Drudge report? They just Nobody they knows. I mean no?
6: there are a lot of theories. Maybe he's not there. Maybe he finally sold out. maybe maybe someone you know maybe George Soros bought it and just decided to run liberal content. but you know right now he's just part of the echo chamber that we see in the mainstream media. so that's why we launched a new site is let's get back to what you know, Matt Drudge used to do and, and and really give half of America a chance to see the stories that they just can't see nowadays.
2: Oh, exactly. So, is that? And I don't want to dwell on your your former employer. I want to talk about the new project. But is that is that why you left Drudge because they sold out? He sold out.
6: No, I left. I left years ago when uh, it was still. I left in 2014, so it was before you know he went all in for Trump, and you know it was still a really dynamic site then. But as as your as your listeners probably know, this site doesn't change much. It's got a real kind of. Mainstream sort of bent to it, a lot of CNN and AP stuff. So we just decided to launch something completely different.
2: All right. We're um, we've got you on a little bit late, so we're going to uh, take a quick time out. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about off the press. Maybe people aren't familiar with, uh, you know, how these news aggregators work and, um, you know, this, the types of things that you'll be covering on off the press. Joseph Curl, former editor at The Drudge Report uh now off on his own with his brand new venture just launched today off the press and we are back with joseph curl the former editor of the drudge report he has just launched a new conservative oriented uh, aggregator called off the press what kind of stuff are you going to cover
6: well in a lot of ways we're going to cover we're going to lean obviously pretty hard to the to the right conservative issues excuse me um but, you know, in some ways, again, like Drudge, we're going to kind of cover everything. One big thing that we want to cover is leading into the 2022 midterm elections and, of course, the 2024 elections, this this ever leftward movement of, of the Democratic Party starting to get really controlled by progressives, the squad, you know, AOC and the others watching the transformation. You know, they're 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 making headway with with Biden and So we're going to keep a real close eye on that. But a lot of the touchstone issues, CRT, transgenders in sports, a lot of the conservative issues that that people are concerned about.
2: Sounds a lot like this show. (laughs) We're covering the same stuff, but obviously up uh, uh, a little bit further north. So, you know, in the age of social media, when Drudge started, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have uh, I don't know if we had Facebook, but it certainly wasn't as as, um, prolific and uh, omnipotent as it is today. Um, or omnipresent, how do you compete against social media when a lot of people are using Twitter and social media as their news aggregator?
6: Right. But see, that's the other fascinating thing that, you know, as as things have sped up, I mean, now it's a, obviously a 24-hour news cycle. It's an endless flow of, of stuff. And so who decides what's good and what's not? You know, editors at newspapers do. They They pick out what the front page is. They you know they work front to back in, in their in their A section, but on the internet it's just this wild flow. I mean you're you're getting you're getting things on your Facebook feed. You're seeing tweets, but not all the tweets. You're seeing some people and not others. You're clicking around. You're watching network TV or or checking out some of your websites. Some good stories here and there. The idea of off the press is hey we're going to go out. We're going to read basically the entire internet. And when I you know used to work at Drugs, I described it as plugging into the to the matrix. Like, you know, you're really, you're really tapping everything, you're reading everything. And then we're gonna say, hey, here are the 50 or 75 best stories that that you should definitely read. And, you know, even more now than ever, it's the time that to be an editor of the internet and say, here are the best stories, that's what I think people are really looking for. So that's gonna be our goal. We're gonna, we're gonna read everything and we're gonna just say, here's your one-stop shop for the best stuff on the internet.
2: Right. And, and, well, and Drudge, you know, made his bones breaking some pretty important stories too. Will will you, will you have the resources to do that That at some point?
6: That will come as we, as we grow. We're, I mean, we're, we're just launching today. So as we grow, we're, we're hoping, you know, one of the great things that Matt was, was so lucky to be able to do, especially after Lewinsky was, you know, people just brought him news. People just said, here, here's some great stuff. So, we're hoping that as we get going, we'll get we'll get more ability to do that. We're going to be counting on our readers and things to send us stuff in. If they see a really good story they think belongs on the page, they're going to send it to us. We're going to read through it. And if it's good, we're going to throw it on the page. So as things move along, we'll, we'll get that ability as well.
2: Joseph Curl has just launched uh, a new conservative oriented aggregator. Called off the press, former editor at the Drudge Report. You know, big tech's gonna come after you, right? Because you're gonna be uh you're gonna be a purveyor of fake news, Joseph. Right. How are you gonna fight back?
6: Well, that's one of the really interesting things that again Drudge has found a really a neat little niche, and said some of the aggregators have done as well. We're not we're not saying really anything. We're taking stories that are out there. We're gonna obviously be taking them from reliable sources and, 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 you know, backed with facts and, and things and, and everything that good journalism should be isn't really as much anymore, especially when you look at things like the New York Times and the Washington Post, this endless stream of unnamed sources and anonymous people talking about things. We're going to have stories based on facts, backed with fact, and we're going to be linking to them. So if tech wants to mess with us, they're, they're messing with some of these great sites that, that are out there and, and, and putting forward good news. So I don't expect, I mean, I don't think they've messed much with, certainly not when I was there, with with the Drudge Report. And I think we'll we'll be able to kind of stay in that same area
2: as well. So Off the Press is uh, off to the races starting today. How do we uh, access it?
6: It's just at uh, offthepress.com. There's a tip box at the top so people can, can throw things in there. We're working on it. It, it. it turns out that somebody has Off the Press on Twitter, uh, which they haven't used since 2013. So we're working on getting that old account. And, uh, and we're going to be all over the place. We've got a lot of money behind us, and, and we're going to have a lot of – we already have a lot of good people, but we're going to have a bunch more coming in. So we're going to be a force to be reckoned with over the next years.
2: Fantastic. Well, Joseph, I hope we can call on you from time to time uh, to Absolutely. talk uh, the swap war stories. <laughs> I
6: love my brethren to the north.
2: All right. Joseph Curl, the, uh, the founder of Off the Press, offthepress.com, offthepress.com. All right. When we come back, we'll uh, revisit an earlier conversation with our homeschooling advisor, Ruth Gaskowski. She's uh, escaped to Switzerland for three or four weeks. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll dip into the audio archives and, uh, and talk about, uh, you know, with the, the, the lockdowns at school that we came through, uh, children lacked structure. Well, we can say the same thing now that we're into the summer vacation mode. How do you keep your kids focused? How do you give them structure during homeschooling time?
3: Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM.
2: All right, let's get uh, Ruth Gaskowski, our homeschooling advisor, in here, although she's technically not here. She's in Switzerland, but we've dipped into the audio archives. Here's a a segment that first aired back in April. Uh, Ruth Gaskowski joins us every Tuesday with some homeschooling tips, and um, we'll uh, usher in here and and find out what we can do about the, the boredom and the lack of daily structure. Hey, Ruth, how are you?
0: Hi, Richard. Very good. Thanks for having me again.
2: So what do we do now that, um, that we're stuck in, in, in the home? There's, I mean, my, my, my boys were going two days a week prior, two days a week in school right. learning. Now that's all gone. So what do you suggest for, you know, to, to, uh, to motivate and to alleviate boredom?
0: Right. Well, I was just going to say, I think, you know, as you mentioned, pandemic fatigue affects all of us because uh, it's been more than a year. But as you say, uh report feeling on kind of foggy, defeated and unmotivated and especially bored. So boredom is very prominent and the boredom arises out of a lack of their meaningful experience, out of a lack of attention and out of a lack of um day-to-day structure. And so now as they're going to be home, um, this is going to be kind of an experience that we have to try and help them through. So unfortunately, most of these things are outside of our control. We can't change the fact that the pandemic is still here and that they won't be going to school. But there are a couple of things we can change which help uh, to lower their stress and also lift their moods and that's uh, establishing a daily routine. So research on this shows that stress is better managed when life is structured and routinized. So routines aren't boring, they actually help to combat boredom. And the second thing would be uh, daily exercise and fresh air. Uh, And research shows that exercise and sunlight help to raise uh, dopamine levels in the brain. And so it's a natural kind of mood lifter and uh, helps them just emotionally also during this time.
2: All right. So what about the other thing that children are going to lose out on, the students, and that is, um, you know, testing and so forth, lack of assessment, and and they're going to miss out on on some important lessons, content, right?
0: Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So in the beginning, we heard kind of uh, from uh, teachers, well, you know, we're really not concerned about academics this year. We want to be kind of focused on the emotional well-being. And so if we raise the question, should we be concerned about academics? Um, The answer was generally no, we don't have to worry about that right now. And I would agree that during the first three to four weeks of the pandemic, There was no need to be concerned, but we're over a year in, so I would say, yes, we we should be concerned about students' academic welfare, Uh, as you mentioned. So, exams have been cancelled, learning has been incredibly condensed, and content is being skipped. So, um, and I was just speaking to a teacher in the park, and he said, he agreed, in order to learn, students need consistency. Uh, I just noted that research shows that stress is better managed when life is structured and routinized and striving at academics contributes to that kind of consistency. Uh, It helps to give uh, the day and the week structure and helps to set milestones to work toward. So if we remove that from students, telling students, oh, don't worry about academics, relax, um, we actually take away the benefit of a sense of academic achievement. Or worse, as we hear, we kind of make them wonder, why should they bother learning material at all when they know that it will not be reflected in their marks? You know, (laughs) many parents kind of slap their head going, how come teachers told them that whether they participate or not or whether they perform in an exam or not, it won't make any difference in their actual outcome in their, in their grades, uh, that provides really, really uh, no motivation for students to try hard at all. And this, again, kind of feeds into uh, a lack of motivation and an increase in boredom.
2: All right. Uh, we're out of time. But next week, because this lockdown isn't going away, obviously, uh, we'll talk about some some tips for parents in terms of uh, resources that they can offer their children, um, sure. yeah. uh, reading lists and, and online libraries and things like that.
0: Yeah. And I have that on my website as well. I'll be uh, posting things under uh, kind of pandemic resources uh, for schooling.
2: Fantastic. And that's Humanitas. Family.net, humanitasfamily.net. And also, if you go to saga960am.ca and find my show, uh, Ruth's contact information or and the uh, the website is there too. But it's humanitas, H U M A N I T A S, family.net. Ruth, until next week, so long. All right. Bye, Richard.
1: Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over policing? is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.
2: All right. Hour two awaits. We've got uh, Lou standing by for News Not in the News, the German word of the day. And uh, we'll have a round of fact check this. An interesting little uh, collage put together by someone on social media of uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about masks. And uh, we'll also check in with uh, Rebel News founder Ezra Levant Of course, um, his um, intrepid reporter, David Menzies, the Menzoid, also known as the Mission Specialist over at Rebel News, was arrested, I think, for the third, maybe the fourth time. I've lost count. This was at a um, a Conservative Party uh, candidate's event in Thornhill, my riding. And uh, David apparently asked some prickly questions uh, and then was arrested. And uh, while he was being handcuffed, his uh, reporter notepad fell to the ground and a staffer uh, belonging to uh, the candidate, Melissa Lansman, uh, or not belonging, a working for the uh, the candidate, Melissa Lansman, g- picked up the, uh, the notepad and started um, rifling through it, reading it and taking pictures of its contents. That's kind of a serious uh, <laughs> violation, I would say. In any event, Ezra will be here uh, with all the details, and uh, that's just about three minutes away. Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show. Straight ahead. Don't go away.
4: The
3: Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM.
2: Hey, welcome back. We had Joseph on, the uh, founder of a brand new conservative news aggregator called Off the Press. And I'm just here on uh, the website, offthepress.com. Looks pretty good. Uh, I'm not being paid for this endorsement, but I'm just on the, uh, the website now. And uh, Joseph was the former editor at uh, the Drudge Report. So um, after Drudge basically sold out... And turned into an echo chamber. He decided. Uh, well, before that, he he left earlier, but has gone out on his own. Has just launched today offthepress.com. Check it out. Very interesting. Just looking at some of the stories here. Uh, again, this is uh, from a, an American conservative perspective. Uh, Bezos offers NASA two billion dollars in last minute attempt to poach Moonlander contract from Musk. Uh, Biden. Hiding Swalwell's Fang Fang Spygate Report. Remember uh, Swalwell, the congressman from California, who was uh, intimately involved with, it turns out, a Chinese spy, Fang Fang. Sounds like a James Bond villain, Fang Fang. Uh, Pennsylvania School Board seeks to promote patriotism in school. Uh, Arizona Senator subpoena routers in Maricopa County election audit. And uh, anyway, uh, if you have a chance, check it out offthepress.com. The uh, the lead story: It's official. Capitalism works. Fifteen dollar wage becoming norm as employers scramble for for workers. In other words, capitalism works. The free market works. You don't have to introduce, um, you know, um, minimum wage. It will it, the 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 workforce or the uh, sorry the 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 um, the wages will rise as employers, again, scramble for workers. And there are, uh, you know, a lot of employers out there not being able to attract uh, employees because of various government subsidies. So the uh, the wages will rise. That's what happens when it's a uh, sort of a, an employee's market, right? And it is right now. All right. Uh, Just looking down on my own schedule here. Is there anything worth listening to? Do I want to stick around for this? Let me see. Oh, Ezra Levant will be here from Rebel News, the founder of Rebel News. Ezra is becoming a regular fixture on the program, and uh, God bless him for that. We appreciate it. But he's here uh, in uh, David Menzies' absence. I guess David has been advised, you know, he's just been arrested and uh, not to uh, to speak about the case. But Ezra will be here. David was arrested uh, at a campaign event in Thornhill, Ontario, right here where I am. A conservative candidate, um, Melissa Lantzman, uh, was uh, was asked a series of questions by uh, David Menzies. She didn't like the questions. Someone on her staff, she says it wasn't her. Someone on her staff called the police. He was—I uh, don't know what he was even charged with. Anyway, um, Ezra will be here to explain all, and then i will play a little uh, collage. Someone put together some audio of Dr. Anthony Fauci, America's favorite highly paid bureaucrat, talking about. The efficacy of masks—that I think you might find instructive—because, well, science.
4: News not in the news. In the news. In the
2: news. This is worth sticking around for as well. News not in the news with my good friend Lou. Hey, Lou, how are you, buddy?
4: Hey, Richard, great to be here. Uh, can't wait to hear what the charges were on the Mensoid. Did he? Is it the uh, the uh, misdemeanor of making her cry? He made her cry.
2: <laughs> Rest that man. I don't know. Or, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe wearing a hat in a threatening manner.
4: <laughs> I like that one. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe just being dressed in an offensive manner. Right. Didn't David, care for his outfit. His haberdashery didn't work. His
2: haberdashery. His sartorial splendor. <laughs> David is a natty dresser. Yes. Uh, kind of a Damien Runyon Damon Runyon character.
4: That's what I'm saying. The, you know, press in the band of his hat, you know, just yes. a sign, just like, you know, in the old 1940s black and white films, press.
2: You know, you and I know David pretty well. Uh, yeah. Let's cool face enough. it. I mean, he, he, I can see, you know, he he seems to 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 relish that role, though, like he 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 can be annoying to some people, I'm guessing maybe just a tad
4: <laughs> while well, he's asking tad. questions that yeah. they're embarrassed to have to address. So Yes. Now, I was kind of shocked. I read a uh, comment from Peter Kent, the MP. Yes, and yes. He was uh, laying the boots to old Menzoid.
2: Oh, there's a surprise.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know Kent at all, but you know, you yeah, know, he he was uh, calling him inappropriate and so on and so on. Right,
2: homophobic. Well, form- the
4: whole well, homophobic thing gets yeah. to me.
2: Well, here's the thing: the Conservative Party. Um, made a big deal about the fact that they had nominated, um, you know, an openly gay woman and saying, you know, this is, this is the new conservative party. This is the new conservative party. Right. We we went through all the lists. Exactly. And, and so that's what, one of the questions apparently, and we'll ask Ezra about this, that, that, that the Menzoid asked her. And because you see, we have a, this is my writing and our, uh, our conservative or PC MPP, Dr. uh, um, Now I've forgotten her name. This is how like, effective she is guilla marto i shouldn't be unkind she's she's well liked apparently smart doctor dr guilla marto she was uh, also she had uh, resigned as an mpp for the riding and she was going to run to replace Dave, uh, peter kent who's stepping down and uh, apparently according to what i've read online menzies was asking Marteau's people about, you know, why Marteau didn't win and why Lanceman won. And they said, well, we think it had more to do with the fact that, you know, with her sexual orientation than her merit, because, you know, she doesn't live in the riding. So that was one of the questions that the Menzoid asked her, you know, did your nomination have anything to do with your sexual orientation or was it your merit? And according to the accounts I've read, she didn't really blink at the question. I don't know that she even answered it. So then, you know, Next thing he knows, the police are there, handcuffing him.
4: He's getting good at it, though. I think he's a little double jointed now, getting his hands behind. <laughs> that's right. Him, you know, that's right. Offering him up.
2: That's right. And then he pick and then he then he slips the handcuff keys into his mouth, and then uh, well, sorry, that's Harry Houdini.
4: <laughs> okay, so what do you got in news, not in the news, Richard?
2: Because okay. don't forget,
4: we got to do the German word of the day.
2: All right. Well, let me ask you about this one first, because this is kind of a pet. I know you're a cyclist uh, and we have to share the road, yada, 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 all that. All right. But now Toronto cyclists are voicing their anger towards the city uh, of Toronto, obviously, for issuing speeding tickets in High Park. And according to reports, 62 cyclists were fined over the course of two days, either for speeding or failing to stop at stop signs. So the question here is, you know, should cyclists be ticketed like drivers? And I say a big yes to that. I mean, I, I, I would say, based on my own anecdotal observations, I would say 90%, 90% of cyclists do not obey the rules of the road. They're, they act like a pedestrian, they're up on the sidewalk, and then they decide now they're on the, they're a vehicle, they're on the road, they never stop at stop signs, never.
4: Yeah, I I would say that uh, as opposed to sharing the road, I think we should build roads that separate the cyclists from the cars.
2: That's the kind of segregation I can get behind.
4: Right. So, I mean, I've seen examples internationally of elevated bikeways. They're 15 to 20 feet above ground. You know, imagine like a uh, like an elevated train. Right, An elevated bikeway through the urban environment. I mean, when you get out to, you know, the suburbs, right? There's not that much traffic where the cyclists are that much of a pain in the neck, right? But it's the downtown area where everybody's, you know, uh, afraid of interaction, car to bicyclist and so on. So I say build them an elevated bikeway and be done with it. You know, charge them a licensing fee. Exactly. Thank yeah. you for that. Force them to get uh, insurance, yes, right? like a vehicle. Yes, and uh, you know I've seen uh, the consequence of bicycle pedestrian interaction. I'm talking about accidents where the pedestrians don't do that well. Right? Exactly, got a fast moving body, right? Yeah. and uh, conca monca, you know, the pedestrian's the one that takes the worst of it.
1: Basically,
2: yeah, on the sidewalk where cyclists don't belong. And right. yet, they have no problem, you know, whipping by, and they'll they'll like they wait till they're like two feet behind you, practically on your heels. Then they ring the bell. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like too late, right? Or 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 what happens is you hear them coming, and you think, oh, I better jump out of the way. Well, if you choose no, wrong there's, because there's your there's back no is turning to them, you you're stop. done.
4: You're you done. Stop. Yeah, that's the way. To, I mean, here in Oakville, if you're uh, under thirteen years old, you can ride your bicycle on the sidewalk. Over 13, that's no space for you. Right. The assumption being, you know, you're a tiny tot and you're not going to hurt anybody. I had a kid. I was walking on the sidewalk, zip by me right here by my shoulder. And when I caught up to him at the uh, stoplight, I cursed him a blue streak. I said, "Look, buddy," and he was over thirteen. No two ways of that. Jody, do
2: we have the audio on that that altercation? <laughs> oh, believe me, if you want the
4: live version, I can give it to you. Uh, Not if but, we want yeah, to keep the license. I just said, you know, it's like you got a helmet, I don't. Oh, look at that! She's turning blue. Um, you know, it's like, oh no, please, please, I'm a school teacher from Mississauga. I can't, I can't <laughs> hear this sort of thing. Um, so, you know, he was wearing a helmet. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. If I'm in the hospital all busted up, I can guarantee you that stooge would not have stood over my corpse, right? Right. Well, I'll wait till the ambulance gets here, man,
2: right? I'd stand over your corpse, Lou. Well,
4: I I know you would, you know, I would hope that you'd get to me before (laughs) I stopped processing oxygen, but that's okay. Um, So, you know, I am uh, an advocate of cycling, but as a cyclist myself, I hit the rail trails. The separation between me and the motor vehicles. Yes. And all yes. I have to deal with are pedestrians, other cyclists, and horseback riding. Two minutes. Two no, minutes. I thought she
2: Is was. No, she minutes? was saying peace. She was oh. giving me the peace, peace oh, and love sign. peace and love victory.
4: Victory V for victory. All right.
2: I'm just yeah. Find those those cyclists for yeah. speeding. Find them at every every altercation. Every time they they disobey the rules of the road, they have to learn. Uh, I'm also cycling too. Day. I like the German stationary bikes, the though. All right, Ak baby, Ak baby. All right, here we go. German word of the day. It's uh, Brandon is taking his uh, uh, taking his turn on the Atuba uh, today. That's Brandon. Not bad. Eh?
4: Good. All right, Good
2: the German... Come on, you're the uh, the francophone here, embouchure. Now, here it is. The German word of the day is quatschkopf. Quatschkopf. I like it. Quatschkopf. I,
4: like co- I, I like the way, you know, you, you, you've got the whole face working to get
2: that one. Out. I'll have to be careful with the way I enunciate, otherwise I might spread COVID. Quatschkopf, it means the balderdash head. It's someone who loves to talk nonsense, full of weird ideas, and unfortunately doesn't hold back with telling you about them.
4: Is that another, like a euphemism for management? Is that what it is?
2: <laughs> Oh, look, it's the hook. Quatch <laughs> cough. Quatch cough. There you go. Quatch cough. It. Okay, <laughs> keep it up, baby. Back with you
4: tomorrow because I can feel the hook is close, is close, is close. Bye bye. All right, Adios. We...
2: All right, Hasta <laughs> la
4: vista, baby
2: happy capitalism when we come back a little audio courtesy of dr anthony fauci on the efficacy of masks or not not quite sure what he has to say you figure it out
3: the bull session continues on the richard sarah show news talk saga 960
2: a.m All right, we are uh, awaiting the arrival of Rebel News founder Ezra Levan to talk about uh, the arrest of the Menzoid. Rebel News reporter, mission specialist David Menzies was at a, a Conservative Party candidate's uh, event here in Thornhill, my riding, uh, which was represented by Conservative MP Peter Kent. He announced he's not um, seeking re-election, and uh, and then the um, the nomination went to. Melissa Lantzman, who uh, apparently has the, uh, the nickname Lockdown Lantzman. And um, I, I guess she was uh, sort of advising Premier Ford on the lockdown, lobbying uh, also at one point for Walmart to, to, uh, to ensure that they could remain open while the rest of the province was being locked down. And uh, so that is apparently one of the questions that the menzoid was asking Uh, Melissa Lanceman at this event. And, um, it's also, uh, it's also been said he asked her about her sexual orientation. Now she is openly gay. She's a, a lesbian. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the party has been, you know, kind of proud of that fact that, you know, that they have, that this is the new conservative party, that they are reaching out, they are becoming more diverse. And this was kind of a, you know, a selling point for them. And, um, Menzies supposedly uh, was curious to know how the people behind um, Dr. Guillemarto's campaign felt about Lansman because Guiamarto was, uh, or is the MPP, the conservative, progressive conservative MPP for Thornhill. And when Kent announced he was not seeking reelection, she, she decided she would run federally. Well, she didn't win the nomination. And by all accounts, uh, Dr. Guillemarto is is well-liked, respected, uh, you know, intelligent. And so it was a, maybe a bit of a surprise uh, to her campaign that she didn't win and that Lansman was given the nom- or she, she won the nomination. So Menzies apparently asked people. Uh,
1: are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over policing?" Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with the menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.
2: Ian Martow's campaign, you know, why they think Lanceman won over Guillemarto. And some of of them mentioned the fact that it was her sexual orientation and the fact the Conservative Party wanted an openly gay person to run, again, to show how diverse the Conservative Party is. So he asked her about that, supposedly. Now, is that a prickly question? I think he asked her, you know, did you win? Do you think because of your sexual orientation or on based on your merit as a candidate? That was the question, as from what I understand. Well, that didn't go over so well, apparently. And uh, now he is uh, being accused of being homophobic. Listen, I know David, and uh, can he get under your skin? Probably, probably. He's got a lot of nerve. <laughs> I, I tell you. Yeah, I mean, uh, but that's a that's what a good reporter does. He asks uncomfortable or she asks uncomfortable questions. And quite frankly, our political class aren't used to that anymore. They get nothing but softballs served up by a, a fawning, bought and paid for mainstream media. We don't have a lot of real journalists in this country. Sad to say, sorry to say, but true. So along comes the reporters from Rebel News or True North, or people like Spencer Fernando, uh, or the Western Standard, or Blacklock's Reporter, asking actual questions. Actual reporters doing their job, and the uh, the political class—you uh, know—they clutch their pearls. Oh no, they're asking actual questions. They're not asking me about my favorite ice cream. What do I do? Well, you call the cops. That's what you do in 2021. You call the cops. You have them thrown in jail. Problem solved. So that's uh, apparently how it went down, according to uh, David Menzies and, Re- and Rebel News. But, you know, we'll get the uh, the full details when we get Ezra in here. If we get Ezra in, he's a busy man. They're busy, you know, like raccoons, I say, overturning garbage cans and poking around and asking uncomfortable, prickly questions. Uh, so, hopefully, we can put that question to Ezra, find out what happened to the menzoid. I don't even know what he was charged with, quite frankly. Uh, being a reporter, I guess. All right. When we come back, maybe we will have Ezra. Maybe we won't. But uh, the show will go on just for you.
3: Just having a little chin wag on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga 9:60 a.m.
2: We know swing, uh, spring arrives when the swallows return to Capistrano. I guess we know that it's, uh, we're heading into an election cycle when re- rebel reporters are being um, uh, pushed aside, ignored, uh, or thrown into the back of a squat car. This is just getting to be, you know, a bad habit. Uh, David Menzies was at the Promenade Mall, not too far from where I'm sitting in Thornhill, a couple of days ago, attending uh, an event for the PC or the, not the PC, the Conservative Party candidate for Thornhill, Melissa Lanceman. Uh, David supposedly asked some prickly questions, whatever that means, and um, was summarily arrested. So let's find out what the heck is going on. Ezra Levant is his boss
7: and the founder of Rebel News. Ezra, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I heard about this when I got a, a phone call from our videographer, our cameraman, saying that David had been arrested. And I immediately drove up there and I met the cameraman. And well, first I talked, I met a cop and I said, I hear you've arrested my reporter. Why? I said, and he said, well, because he was swearing and assaulting people. And I thought, that doesn't sound right. I've known David for more than a decade. I've actually yeah. never heard him swear. No, like he just, can be irritating, but he yeah. doesn't push people around. That's right. <laughs> I've just, like I've literally never heard him swear. So I thought that doesn't sound right. And I, so I said to him, how did, how did you hear that? And he said, well, we've got a bunch of calls saying that. So I thought, oh, OK, so the political organizers called him. Anyways, I later reviewed the footage from the cameraman and it was all made up. He didn't swear. So he remains he continues his 10 year streak of never swearing that I've ever heard. But the thing is, police did actually arrest him, did actually handcuff him, put him in the back of police car and charged him. With not just causing a disturbance and trespass, but also with resisting arrest. And I I saw the footage of that, too. He didn't resist. He'd be nuts to resist arrest. There were six police cars there, a dozen cops. David's strong, but he's not strong enough to stop it. So how did he resist I, you can see it on video. He just kept saying to the officer, What did I do? What did I do? He was finishing
2: his stand up, always a trooper. He was finishing his, he was literally doing his, his uh, extra on his stand up. This right. is David Menzies
5: reporting. That's us.
7: right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's just one more piece of the puzzle that's extra weird. He, I mean, David was holding two things he was holding a microphone and he was holding a clipboard with his notes on it, like a, note, a journalist notepad. So obviously, when he's being handcuffed, He gave the microphone to the cameraman, but he dropped his clipboard. But the cameraman was still filming. And you can see behind him
5: Mm -hmm.
7: one of the Conservative Party staffers, bend down, pick up his notebook and start flipping through a page by page, taking pictures of it. And it's not like she didn't know whose it was. She she was right behind David. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And it was all on camera. This conservative party staffer got a reporter arrested. That wasn't enough. Now grab the note. And by the way, she still hasn't returned the notepad. That's private property. Um, it's probably a privacy violation. But it also, I think, might even be police property because when someone is arrested, right. the police are responsible for that their person and anything on them. I've just never that was the last layer of weirdness oh by the way they also threw water on david and they jostled him look you're you're right i mean you're friendly to david he's a good egg but you're right he can be annoying he can be you know persistent and that's why he's good at getting answers from politicians i'm not saying that david was uh, you know sweetness and light but he wasn't uh swearing. He wasn't pushing. He was asking real questions about the candidates past. He used to be a lobbyist for Walmart, helped lobby to keep that big box U.S. company open while the mom and pop shops in Ontario were closed. If you're on the side of Walmart and the big box stores staying open, while the little stores are closing, I think you've got some answering to do in an
2: election. And yeah, David- I can see that that would be an embarrassing question. And, uh, you know, based on the video, I can, you know, not real fast on her feet in terms of coming up with a, with an answer. We're going to take a quick time out, Ezra, though I, yeah. I did want to ask you about uh, another possible prickly question. That was yeah. about her sexual orientation. Yeah, that's and, a good uh, one.
7: Let's do yeah, that after well, the break.
2: Ezra Levant, founder of Rebel News, as we continue to discuss the uh, the arrest of one of his reporters, David Menzies.
3: Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM.
2: Ezra Levant stays with us, the founder of Rebel News, rebelnews.com. And uh, the Ezra Levant Show heard weekdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're talking about the arrest of David Menzies at conservative uh, party candidate Melissa Lanceman's event in Thornhill uh, two days ago. Uh now, he, uh, he asked Peter Kent, who is the outgoing MP for Thornhill, uh, whether Melissa is here, meaning at this event, as candidate for the conser- carrying the conservative banner uh, on merit or based on her sexual orientation. Now, the conservative party has made kind of a big deal about the fact that they have nominated uh, an openly gay woman. You know, this is the new conservative party. We're the party of diversity. Uh, so what about that question? Oh, I think you're on mute there, Ezra.
7: Sorry about that. I think you just answered the question yourself in a way. I mean, there was another candidate nominee named Gila Martau, who's a local MPP. So I know what her credentials are. And we talked about uh, Melissa uh, Lansman being a Walmart lobbyist. But what the party, the National Party, Erin O'Toole, and Lansman herself has really emphasized is that she's LGBT. And that's fine. I mean, told the more the merrier, each to right. their own. But it's been such a central focus of her campaign. And, you know, I think you, you pretty much had the question verbatim. Uh, I think uh, David Menzies put this question not just to Peter Kent, but to uh, Melissa herself. Did you win um, on merit or based on your sexual orientation? And by the way, she answered the question. Uh, she said, I won the nomination. That's it. And I don't know, uh, maybe that's a prickly question. It's not a homophobic question. Um, I think the only reason why her sexuality uh, was a legitimate issue to ask about is because she won't stop talking about it. Um, and there's a question, is the Conservative Party getting into identity politics? I think, and I know David agrees with me, that the best way to judge someone is based on the content of their character are they smart are they good are they do they have good ideas but if someone keeps saying hey guys did i mention i'm gay hey guys did i mention i'm gay or hey guys that i mentioned i'm black or hey guys that i mentioned i'm you know whatever okay so you're checking the ethnic identity politics boxes or gender identity or is that the conservative party and are you just a mascot i don't know i mean maybe it's prickly I don't know if I would have personally asked that question, um, but I think it's a fair question. And how you answer it, how you handle it is probably a test of anything.
2: Uh, by it the seemed, way, she didn't seem to, as you say, she didn't seem disturbed by it. She didn't. She kind of ignored the question. But then she she says, well, then I left and one of the constituents called the police. I had nothing to do with it. And, uh, you know, she understands this some. That, no, she was thankful that no one was hurt.
7: <laughs> I, I guess she means David, because he was the one that was kind of roughed up. Yeah, they roughed him up a bit. They splashed some water. I presume it was water on him. But the whole thing was a bit of a mess. Um, I think that the answer for a politician who doesn't like a journalist questions is ignore him or give him an answer or say, that's a stupid question, right? Or say, well, I, I am a gay candidate. And that's part of who I am. But I'm also a conservative and I'm a constituent. And I'm like, there's a lot of ways to answer that. Um, I I think that the campaign did a lot of things wrong. I think they overreacted. I think calling the police is a bad look. Throwing water is a bad look. Snatching his notebook. They still have his notebook, by the way. They won't give it back, which is really weird.
2: That staffer Um, has taken down her Twitter account, apparently, as well.
7: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Look, I mean. Uh, David Menzies is known as a reporter who is an equal opportunity skeptic. Um, He there was a long time when he was regarded as sort of an ally of Doug Ford and the late Rob Ford. But when Doug Ford started going off course, David Menzies was true to his principles and he started asking really tough questions of Doug Ford. I think that's. The one thing you know about David Menzies, he's going to ask you a firm question, and he's not going to be wowed by how important you are. And I think he's also a fair reporter. Is it fair to ask an LGBT candidate who's really being held up as a mascot, are you here for merit or sexual orientation? I mean, that's maybe that's a little bit uncomfortable, but I don't think that's well, limits. particularly
2: uh, Ezra, when I, from what I understand, this was what he was hearing from Dr. Guillermo Marto's campaign yeah. from people unnamed who were who were saying, "We think that's why she won." People were shocked that Dr. Marto. This is my riding. Yeah. Dr. Marto didn't win this. Uh, you know, um, uh, Melissa Lantzman doesn't live in the riding, and I know that that rubs some people the wrong way in this riding.
7: Yeah, and you know, it, as David says in his report last night. Exit polls apparently showed 70% of people supporting Marto, so there was a bit of a surprise. Look, it's, it's internal party bickering and quarrels, and I don't really have a dog in that hunt. I mean, I, I'm vaguely familiar with all the people involved. But let's say, just for the sake of argument, let's say David was wrong. Let's say it was mean to ask that question. I don't know if there's, that's a thing. Um, do you arrest a reporter? I don't think that's the Canadian way. And I think that it was shocking uh, when we put those videos up of David being arrested. People were so shocked that 10 hours later, Melissa Lansman's campaign decided we got to switch the channel here. We got to get people stopping to talk about him being arrested. Let's um, oh, I know. Let's call him homophobic. It took 10 hours for them to decide that his question to her was homophobic. She certainly didn't say so when he asked it. So, listen, I I think David Menzies is a tough reporter who tells it like it is, and sometimes politicians don't like to hear it. I was just a little disappointed to see the Conservatives play the Trudeau game of, A, identity politics, and B, arresting reporters. That's not the Canadian way. How about just tell David to to buzz off? How about tell him he's rude? How about say, that's a dumb question. Here's the smart answer. I mean, if you're going to be ready for rough and tumble politics running in a national campaign and, and one day maybe you think you're going to be in cabinet, you better toughen up, sister, because it's rough right. out there. Well,
2: particularly when uh, when uh, the conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is, you know, on social media, every chance he gets talking about free speech and how the, if you want, uh, if, if you want Uh, anti-free speech, you can vote for any of the other four parties. But if you want someone to stand up for free speech, I'm your
7: guy. Well, I don't know. Not so much, maybe. Yeah. You know what bugs me is, like I say, when I first got there, the very first person I bumped into before I even met up with our cameraman was a cop. And I went right up to him and identified myself. And I said, I hear you've arrested my reporter. What did he do? That's what I said. And he said, I've got a bunch of calls from people, in, and he told me what the call said. And that what bugs me is that they lied to get him arrested. He, I swear to God, David did not use a profanity. And that was one of the things they said. Oh, officer, this guy's swearing at people and pushing people. And pu-. they said he punched someone. He did not. They no. and, and to lie to get a guy arrested, that's just not, that's not Canadian.
2: Well, it's unfortunately, it's an all too uh, disturbing trend that we're seeing, particularly with the independent, the fierce independent media that we have in this country. Ezra, uh, we'll see you tonight at eight o'clock on the Ezra Levant Show, rebelnews.com. Thank you for your time, as always. Thanks, Richard. Good luck. All right. All the best. All right. That's it for me. My thanks to Jody and Brandon. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. God willing. The irascible but lovable Lou, news not in the news, German word of the day, will push back against climate change alarmism with Tony Heller. Independent MP Derek Sloan has announced he'll be running a new for a new with a new federal party, and uh, he'll make it here to uh, to give his pitch. And uh, Dr. Stephen Turley discusses the uh, rising secessionist mood in the United States and uh, the secret battle for the the White House between the uh, increasingly uh, bumbling Joe Biden and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken.